All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So, Mr. Davis, let's have ourselves a big help on a tech gumbo today. I'm excited. We're going to start off with a few stories about Starlink. The first couple have to do with how much it's going to cost to, to get moving using Starlink. We've talked a little bit about SpaceX's plans for having a dish that you could put on the front of your car. Well, they're saying that that new dish is going to be much more expensive than the standard one. The standard one's about 600 bucks, but this mobile dish is going to be 2,500 bucks. So if you've got an RV out there and you want to be cruising down the interstate and still on the internet, $2,500 for the dish. Now, it's still going to be $139 a month for your, your monthly subscription fee for your mobile, your RV bandwidth. But that's if you're on the ground. If you're in a private jet, it's going to cost you a little more than that. So they haven't exactly said how much it's going to be. Somewhere between $12,500 and twenty-five dollars monthly internet fee. And a one-time $150,000 installation fee. So that's not something that the Tech Gumbo private jet will be equipped with anytime soon. Considering the Tech Gumbo private jet is made out of paper and it folds up nicely when you throw it across the room, that would be correct. But if you're out there in your Gulfstream 4 that you paid $65 million for... Okay, maybe you can afford that $12,500 a month and you can drop 150 to install. So you can be down, you can be streaming your Netflix as you're cruising across the skies. You can also be listening to Tech Gumbo and to you, Mr. or Mrs. Millionaire slash Billionaire, you can sponsor Tech Gumbo. That's right. We would love to have you drop some coins on this show because that's just the kind of guys we are. The third story about SpaceX is apparently there's some high-speed data caps that are coming for the U.S. users. This is the interesting part. This is always my question is what happens as you start to load the network more, as you start to put more and more users on the network who are going to start wanting to do all the things, can you maintain the speeds that you've been promising? And so one of the ways they're going to go about it is they're currently targeting a cap at about 250 gigabits of monthly data. And beyond that, you're going to receive a pretty significant slowdown. Unless you want to pay for the premium data speeds. 
If you want to have that priority access and drop more than the $100 per month, the $250 to $300 is what they're projecting monthly fee for that unlimited, uncapped access. Well, okay, good for you. They're also looking to say that, okay, if you're using an off-peak periods, that won't count towards your data limits. So that's the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., they're trying to say that we're, we're going to shift around, try and, and not overload the, the demand on the network. But this was always coming that at some point in time, whenever you start to put more and more people on it and you only have a fixed amount of bandwidth, you're going to start charging people for it more. Which gets back to, again, there are over 3,000 satellites up there now. And when they get to 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 12,000 of these satellites, how much bandwidth do they have going up to feed all of those satellites? And is the bandwidth limitation based upon how many satellites spinning around or how much bandwidth they can they can stream up to the network in the sky? My guess is that there's a, a series of bottlenecks there. That it's not just one that you have to overcome. If you have five or 10 waypoints across the planet and each one of them is the untethered connection that you're pointing at the satellite and you're, you're beaming your stream upwards and receiving that request downwards, how many of those can you put up? How many different access points can you install? This is a, an interesting challenge that they're existing in here, but it's, it is an engineering challenge and SpaceX and Starlink have proven that they are very good at engineering challenges so far and that they are continuing to, to move forward and make progress on this. So we will continue to watch. The digital driver's license app, LA Wallet, for those of us in Louisiana who have the mobile app, there are 1.5 million active users using the LA Wallet. That's pretty cool. Given that the state of Louisiana only has 4.6 million people in it, that's about two-thirds of all the adults in the state of Louisiana are actively using the LA Wallet. And what's really cool is... Louisiana didn't just stop with just the driver's license. There's also the smart health cards, which shows your COVID status. You can get your hunting and fishing licenses, you know, on there. So, I mean, this thing is really a progressive, growing and evolving application. And it's really cool in that Louisiana was the first to do it. And there's still only 20 states that have th these apps that are out there yet. This is something that Louisiana can be proud of that it's and it also seems like it's not just a boondoggle it's not just a one-off that they did one time to keep up with mississippi and to keep up with arkansas it's something that they actually seem like they have a plan around and they're putting in place and executing on it and having it be part of a strategic mission here and so the residents of louisiana are actually going to receive value from this which is uh, wow excellent well even last year for Thanksgiving, when we were in New York City, I could pull up my phone, show my, my COVID vaccination status using my L.A. wallet. Whenever we had the spikes back in, in the spring, okay, here's my L.A. wallet. Here's my COVID status. I'm, 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 I've even been boosted now. It shows up. And so that's really, really a progressive way. So I didn't have to worry about carrying a piece of paper that could be forged very easily or I could lose very easily. That stays with me. It's definitely a great. And I'm now curious as to what are the next things that they're going to move? How do you continue to make this uh, an ever easier process? 
I wonder in the future, could you renew your driver's license through this app? Could you cut out that trip to the DMV altogether? You know, maybe you have to take a picture of some paperwork and upload it. But if I'm sitting at home and I take that picture and and you tell me, all right, we're going to get back to you tomorrow, but I never have to go sit in line at the DMV. Man, that's now you're doing something really interesting. You don't have to go to the DMV to renew your driver's license. You can do that online here in Louisiana. Oh, Yes, fastlane.org allows you to renew your driver's license online so you don't have to go spend three, four hours so you don't have to watch the bureaucracy in action. Yes, it's a really cool thing. Well, yeah, I would love to see them tie those things together. As the app notices, hey, it looks like you're you're coming up for expiration here. Click this button, take this link, and off you go to renew. That sounds like a, a fantastic next step for this. Yeah, I mean, the fact that my fishing license shows up, so when I go fishing, I, I don't have to worry about having that extra piece of paper. It's right there in my phone. It stays with me. I love this. This is really, really cool. And I'm just stunned that more states have not jumped on this bandwagon. I mean, we do everything else on our phone. We've talked about so many times how many things we can do on our phones. This is a really cool one. And, and I'm just very proud of the fact that Louisiana is actually leading the way on this. My guess is that other states, they want to make sure that, one, they have the institutional capacity to do it, and that, two, they have some sort of plan. That, you know, one of the things that we pointed out earlier is that Louisiana didn't do it just to check a box, but it actually, you have a lot of different systems across several different state agencies all tying together on this. That can take a while to plan out ahead of time. Maybe your different state agencies are all set up in a way that it's tough to have them work together like this. State governments get really wonky once you get down into all the details and get into the weeds of it. But yeah, it's I'm certain that Louisiana had its own challenges to solve on this. And so oh, absolutely. I'm absolutely glad that they did it. So, so Truth Social, we've certainly had our, our fun talking about them over time. It turns out that they're one of the few, if not only, social media platforms that's still growing. Yeah. So this is the platform that Donald Trump is currently the star user of and they're in some trouble because the two different federal investigations are coming through the platform right now but as long as the app stays open the fact that donald trump is on it and the fact that a lot of the republican candidates and the the right-wing candidates are talking about it and using it the influence and the power of the site grows when you compare it to Twitter and Facebook, it's not even close, don't even. But when you consider they had 1.7 million unique visitors to Truth Social in September, but then when you look at Gab and Parler and Getter and MeWe, they're all down around 300,000 unique viewers. Well, I mean, that's a factor of five. That's a big difference. Oh, that's one of the things that we've talked about recently is that if you're looking for, you know, the Twitter alternative, two years ago, you went to Parler. Parler got raided by the FBI and had to be removed from all the app stores, and they never fully recovered. Well, 
now you're on True Social because the reason that you were on Parlor in the first place is because you wanted access to those things. The and it's also that domino effect, that snowball that once you have enough people, you hit that tipping point and the people draw more people and you create the community. True Social is looking to get to maybe a sustainable number of people for itself. But they have to get past the big problem, which is the digital world acquisition has they raised three hundred million dollars in an initial public stock offering and then went out and got another one billion dollars of financing approved. But the federal government doesn't really like the way that all that was handled. And so currently that money is in limbo as to whether or not Truth Social will ever see dime one of it. Also, Digital World, who raised all that money, has struggled to get its shareholders to approve the merger because all the shareholders are looking and saying that, I don't know if this true social and this Trump media thing are going to stick around. One, are they sustainable in their own right? Two, are a wave of federal investigations going to go rolling through and crush it because they're breaking all kinds of laws? And so, you know, if you're someone who wants to make sure that you're making sound financial decisions, you have a right to be a little skeptical here. Yes. If, you, if you've been investing in, in digital world and it is a publicly traded entity and you're very concerned about your money, the Security and Exchange Commission is the government agency looking out for you. And what these big corp companies are doing with your money. And so... It'll be interesting to see, because without that $1.3 billion, True Social's days are very numbered. Oh, yes. There is only about $37 million that the Trump media company has raised from uh, Republican political donors. And their burn rate is somewhere in the order of millions of dollars per month. So they started to run ads on the site, but... You know, do you wonder, can you attract the mainstream advertising companies? Can you get GM? Can you get Bud Light? Can you get Chase to come advertise on True Social? Because a lot of those brands have stayed away for a lot of the reasons that the digital world shareholders have stayed away. Is that I, I'm just a little uncomfortable with the whole idea and that it's for a platform that that prides itself on its lack of moderation, sometimes you get some ugly things floating up to the surface and you just you don't want your ad, you know, with, oh, come open up account for Chase Bank next to something really nasty. These big, huge corporations, they don't want controversy to be associated with their advertising, even though controversy does sell because people are talking about you. They're very risk averse. They want things to be very clean, very easy, so that when you draw negative attention, it usually doesn't play well for these big mega advertisers. Oh, absolutely. It is the wrong way to view it to say that they are woke. It's much more that they just want to make sure that their ads are tepid. They want to make sure no one looks at them and has a strong negative emotional response. And so they're going to do whatever they can to be plain, to be just mildly engaging just enough to where that everyone is comfortable looking at their ad. 
that's what they're more concerned about is they don't want to show up next to, you know, Kanye West and his current meltdown. And so they're going to say, uh, I'm going to stay at least one arm, but maybe two arms lengths away from anything that might resemble that. And so that's what true social has to balance here is, well, if you want to be sustainable by having all these big brands come advertise on you, you have to clean yourself up a little bit. But they've saying that they don't want to clean themselves up. And when you consider how easy it is for the big advertisers to put money on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, any one of these social media platforms, LinkedIn, but you're not going to have extremist conspiratorial issues right next to that Chevrolet advertising. Absolutely. And with only 1.7 million unique views from the U.S., that's not that many people yet. That's not a really large audience, and you're probably going to be able to capture them somewhere else. And so if you're just a large company who is risk averse, you're going to say, well, I'd rather just go put my ad on some other platform where I'm not worried about it. I I don't have to have some controversy. It's just going to be easier. And so you just sidestep it. So the last thing we wanted to talk about is Facebook and how they used to be a tech giant. This is so fascinating that a little over a year ago, Facebook was one of the five most valuable companies in the world with a market cap of over $1 trillion. Today, it's not in the top 20 in the U.S., No, when you consider that Home Depot and Pfizer and Coca-Cola is worth more than Meta, that's just staggering to me. I mean, in 12 months time, they went from the the Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google world to you're down in the United Healthcare and Chevron and Bank of America worlds. Yeah, they've lost 75% of their value in the past year. That's incredible. You then look to say, okay, well, what's going to stop them from falling further? What do I have to look for if I'm an investor in Facebook over the next one to five years that says, oh, that's going to be their next big hit? I don't know. Well, when you consider Jim Cramer from CNBC, he went on his show. He dropped the F-bomb apologizing (laughs) on the show and and was very emotional saying, I'm sorry, I had bought into it and I was wrong. But when you look at the fact that nobody under the age of 40 uses Facebook, okay, 20 to 40-year-olds still use Instagram, but not in the numbers that they once were. What else you got? You, oh, the metaverse, that's right. Because everyone's flocking to the metaverse? They have bet the farm on the metaverse and I have not seen a single positive review for it. I have not seen anybody who has said that they are excited about it or even a timetable on it. You know, when when does the metaverse launch? Can I go out and be a part tomorrow? Is it 2025 you're targeting? When is all these things that you promise, when when am I going to be able to see them? And it's it's all just been you're selling me smoke. Well, you got to go out and buy those that $1500 headset that gives you the uh, virtual reality. That's you got to get that first. And oh, by the way, not a whole lot of people, especially right now, want to drop $1,500 on virtual reality goggles. And then 
do you have to buy the meta Oculus or can, is it compatible with the Samsung one? You know, are you trying to be platform agnostic or is it you are locked into our hardware and our software? There's just a lot of big fundamental questions that whenever you look at the future of this company, you're not super excited. No, hopefully they do have a they, they have enough money squirreled away to coast for a while. But at their burn rate, they can't coast for too long. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.